Deuteronomy chapter 20. And I want to read those to you. It says this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And by believing, you may have life in his name or through who he is. We all have names, but the name of Jesus isn't just something that we call when we want his attention. The name of Jesus defines, it describes who he is. And he is much more than just a a babe who was born amongst cows and other animals hundreds of years ago. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to humanity. God promised that he would save people from their sin. And Jesus, the very son of God, is the fulfillment of God's promise. God never makes a promise and breaks it. God always keeps his word. The message that the rooted children brought to us was this. Make Jesus your leader. Make him your Lord is the word that a lot of Bibles use. It means leader. Someone not only who we follow, but somebody who we worship with our whole life. The verses that rooted Related to us from Matthew 7, 21, say that there will be those who speak out the name of Jesus and they call out to him and say, Lord, Lord. But Jesus gave us from really clear instructions. He said, only those who do the will of my father will enter into heaven. So how does Jesus become our leader? How does he become the one who we worship with our lives? The one who we follow? Is it simply that we we talk to him? That we speak his name? That we call him Lord? Now my friends... It's something that happens in our hearts when we acknowledge that without Jesus, all we have to look forward to is death, is separation from God. The reason God sent his son Jesus, who was born as a babe 2,000 years ago, who died on a cross at a place called Calvary. The reason that that man lived, the reason God sent his son, was to save us from our sin. To enable us to be right with God. I love those verses which uh, Lucas quoted. I think it was Lucas. John 3, verses 16 and 17. Verse 17 says that God didn't send his son into this world to condemn us. 
And you know, my friends, so many people, when they start to feel conscious of the sinful heart that they have, their sinful nature, so many people feel that God is condemning them. God is pointing out to them the wrong in their hearts. But the opposite is true. God is revealing his love to us. The reason the Spirit of God enables us to feel convicted about our sin is the very act of God's love so that God can draw him ourselves to him as we repent. And when we make Jesus not only our Savior, but our Lord, then we start to obey what God the Father commands us to do. You see, my friends, it's a case of loving obedience. True Christianity, listen, true Christianity is not legalism. It isn't following a set of rules, laws or regulations that man has made up. It's not about us as people trying to live good to impress God who is perfect. No. When we choose to follow Jesus, it's out of loving obedience as we recognize that if it wasn't for God's love, we would have no hope. Jesus is not only the hope of the world, he's the only hope. And this really is the message that Unlimited brought to us today. And I think it's a very timely message. If you're someone who follows world news at all, you will have noticed over the past few weeks that it just seems that one country after another after another is experiencing turmoil, terror, problems that are unprecedented. My friends, here is the truth. There is no other hope for this world except Jesus. Our own nation here is going through a time of turmoil. Its leadership has been put under question. And the Bible is, it prepares us for these things. Did you know that? These things don't surprise God. So what does God tell us to do as his children? What is his instructions for us as people who live in a nation that where the leadership is questioned and the authority of the leadership is under scrutiny and, and there's doubt about the integrity of leadership? What should we do? Did you know the Bible tells you what to do? Did, that, did you know that? The Bible says don't complain. Don't moan. Don't point the finger. Don't criticize. 
Don't protest. But pray. First Timothy chapter two says before anything else. Pray for all men everywhere, especially pray for kings and for leaders that you may live a peaceable and godly life. And it goes on to to tell us the reason, because God wants all men everywhere to be saved. My friends, it isn't a new political party that will save this nation. Saving parts of the Middle East where IS are taking over isn't about setting up a new regime, a new form of leadership. My friend, the only answer, the only hope that this world has is Jesus Christ. There is no other name given among men under heaven or on earth whereby we must be saved. I often look at places like Nepal, which we heard of in the rooted in the unlimited drama, where where people living in remote areas are living very similar to what we would maybe call Stone Age times, with no modern conveniences, not even access to medicine or education. And here comes so-called educated West people. And what do we do? We, we try to turn them into Westerners. People from so-called civilized and advanced nations. But my friends, look at those nations that consider themselves advanced. Are they any better? Without putting my finger on any specifically specific nations, look at The United States of America, possibly the most advanced nation in the world in many ways. Are they problem free? Have murders ceased? Are kids, have they stopped running away from home? Are parents, have they stopped abusing their kids? Has rape stopped? No, my friends, none of these things are solved by anything Except repentant hearts that will turn to Jesus and bow the knee and surrender the whole life to him. Jesus, my friends, is not an answer. He's not a hope. He's the only hope. He's the only hope. And if he lives on the inside of us. You know what? You can't stop him coming out. You can't stop him. And that's the way God has planned it. When God dwells on the inside of us, when he lives inside our hearts and he's transformed us by his life, you're a different person. If you're in the habit of shouting hallelujah or amen or praise the Lord, you missed a good time there. That's the best news you're going to hear. Christ transforms us. He doesn't improve us. 
He doesn't just make our lives better. He takes away our old life and he gives us his new and eternal life. And when that is on the inside, you can't mistake it. I was looking at these children from Rooted and the young people from Unlimited. And and my heart is about to explode because I'm thinking what potential. For their generations to have three-year-olds, four-year-olds, right through to 18-year-olds who love God. In whom lives the Spirit of God. That's going to change a generation. What about us oldies? (laughs) Our generation is not beyond hope, my friends. As long as... Jesus lives in the heart of his people. There's hope. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, look, you've seen the things that I've done. What sort of things did Jesus do? He healed the sick. He brought hope, real hope, to those who were hopeless and desperate. He forgave people of their sin. He gave them eternal life. He said, you've seen the things that I have done. You will do the same. And greater. Because I go to my father. Let's break that down real quickly. Has Jesus gone to his father? Has he? Yes. He's there right now at the right hand of God. Guess what he's doing? He's interceding. His blood still still sprinkles over that mercy seat of God. His work, his eternal work at Calvary is still effective. It stills carry weight. It's still genuine and authentic in the realms of heaven. The blood of Jesus still saves. Jesus is with the Father. He, he fulfilled his part of it. If I go to my Father, you will do the same. You'll heal the sick. You'll speak words of life. You'll illuminate those who live in darkness. You'll release those who are imprisoned, in prison of sin and addiction and life-destroying habits You will do the same. Now listen, Jesus didn't say, if you want to, you can. Like, you want to become a Christian? There's two forms of Christians. No, there isn't. There's only one, and it's called (laughs) Christ-like Christian. It isn't for this select few it isn't for those who stand at the front of a church service and, and, and have this label pastor. No, my friends, it's for every follower of Jesus. We have within us the only hope for this entire world. Living on the inside of us. People are sick and dying of diseases that even though 
Medicine is so advanced today, they can't do anything for it. Do you know what? There are people sitting in this place today who medicine gave up on and said, there's nothing we can do for you. But my friends, God did something. God is able. There are people sitting here and listening to this message on podcasts whose marriages were just about over. And they thought nothing could be done, but God has healed and restored and renewed. There are people who were lost in sin, and I was one of them, with no hope. And God has saved me. He's forgiven my sin. My friends, we have living within us, not just a good message. We have the only hope that can save this world. And Jesus said, you can't hide it. You can't hide it. If it's there, it will touch other people's lives. God, by his spirit, dwells on the inside of every true follower of Jesus. We're not called to be religious. We're not called to be improved, better citizens. We're called to be Christ-like, obedient to God. And this world, this world, our world, our nation, our neighborhood, the apartment block that we live in, the office that we work in, the college that we study at or teach at, my friend, is full of people who desperately need to hear and see the truth of who Jesus is. The drama that Unlimited showed us highlighted on three young people who God spoke to and changed the direction of their lives. It's my prayer that as God speaks to us this morning through this Christmas, as we understand and we learn who Jesus really is, our Savior and our Lord and the only hope of this world, that we like Toby, like Lucas, And like Tatiana, we'll say to God, I've got to do something. Open doors for me. Show me where to go. My life is not just about me anymore. It's not about me fulfilling my desires, my pursuits, my dreams. God, put your dream in my heart. My friends, our world needs Jesus more than anything and he dwells within us can you imagine what it's like when God's people allow Christ to be who he is in and through them sometimes we read these books from years ago that tell us of times when when it seemed like Someone just had to open their mouth and talk about Jesus and people got saved. People got healed. 
Sometimes maybe we read those things or we read our Bibles, we read the book of Acts and we see what the disciples, the apostles of Jesus did as they obeyed the commands of Jesus. And we maybe think, wow, wouldn't that be great if that was happening today? Go and do it. Go and do it. Don't wait till you're older. Don't wait till it's more convenient. Don't wait till you retire. Do it now. Let Christ live on the inside of you. Let him radically transform you and totally transform you so that your life is all about reaching out with the love and the power of God. And as we come up to Christmas time, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to speak to people about Jesus. To tell them of his amazing love. Bring them to church services. Sunday, Sunday Christmas morning. What better way to celebrate Christmas than to be in the house of God? Worshipping our Savior and Lord. Bring them along. Let them hear about Jesus. Let them see him. If your friends, your neighbors, your work colleagues, your enemies get sick, pray for them. You may say, well, people don't want us to pray for them today. It's not true. It's not true. People want to know the power of God in its authentic and genuine form. And my friends... It's in your hearts. Jesus, the hope, the only hope for this world. Let's pray.